Celtic are going to make another change. You're listening to The Substance on the Yellow Card Podcasting Network. Subsvention hosted by Stephen Brandt and former Sounders fan of the year, Duffy Alverson, and brought to you in conjunction with Away Days Football, the makers of high-quality football-inspired clothing for the casual looking for something to wear to matches. Oh, Use code YELLOWCARD at checkout to get 15% off your entire order at awaydaysfootball.com. And now, here's the guys. No, last week I wasn't sick with the coronavirus. That's why I was. That's not why I wasn't here. Even though I do drink Coronas now, and I, I've been doing that and taking pictures of it just to screw with people. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But then, that's what yeah. you get for drinking beer in clear bottles. You get sick. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I I get them in I get them in cans because I am I oh, have yes. Yeah, when I was in Kansas in the um, towers with the in the um, basketball players' dorm, we had to sneak our beer in on campus because we were a dry county in Kansas. But everybody wow. knew there there was enough alcohol in the in that in that dorm for a smaller. I mean, we we could have gotten Canada I'm drunk sure. was in that place. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. That's a lot of drunk. You know, oh yeah. Getting Canada anyway, we had, a lot of junk. We had small kitchens in these apartments. They were apartments, but they were more they were more sweet at best. Yeah. But we had these like small um kitchen um side kitchens type of thing. So we go out to the we go out to the low I think it was a beer store, it may have been Dylan's. And we get this 24-pack of Coronas. We're going to have one of those nights that we're not going to remember. We get yep. it in. We put, the, we put the we put the um, bag on the t- on the um, counter, and some inertia did this. It dumped and shattered all 24 oh. bottles of Corona. Oh my God. Duffy, that's 1999. Yeah. I'm still shocked oh. by it. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Oh, that's just—I don't know. Maybe it's a ghost of a uh, of a uh, Jayhawks past. I said, yeah, no, not in not in our house, buddy. Yeah, uh, yeah that's funny. And we should have yeah, still oh, just those in the refrigerator right there. So, yeah, so anyway, we that's. We buy a lot of a. Uh, a local beer called Heidelberg. They don't even make it anymore. It was six dollars a case. Uh had these little little cake bottles that were really odd shaped, so uh you could only they wouldn't fit in any other box, so we used to buy those. Six bucks a case. Yeah. yeah. That's why I didn't drink for twenty years after after my twenties. I took a break while my kid was growing up and now, you know. I don't. I don't revisit those days. That's a little too much revisiting. But oh, I don't drink a lot of that that stuff anymore. Uh, I did. I did see. Uh, 
I did see a thing on eBay. I was so tempted, like uh, a beer mugs, Schmidt. If you remember Schmidt back in the day, yeah. oh, I said, oh man, God, that's my that's my early twenties right there. Schmidt beer. Uh, I think that's yeah. a lot of people's early twenties. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's funny. I mean, I I don't really have to go jersey shopping because of away days football because we get we get them, we get them through them. And the real yeah. random ones that I want that are top clubs are not hard to find online. Like I, my, uh, my last Celtic jersey got I wore it so much it got rattled. It was a um, Lisbon Lions one. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that'd so, be cool. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. I love that thing. So I was looking around. I've been looking around for one. It's kind of one of those things I put on the back of my mind. I want, I want this, this, and this. And it's every so often. Okay, I'll look and get one. So I got a um, 2014, I think, one yeah. Celtic one that was great. So I'm looking this afternoon because I'm doing a lot of Real Betis writing for a for a website because now that I don't now that I don't have to. Re- race race write a book right now i can do mm-hmm. some more do some more writing and, yeah there you go yeah and since i'm now getting bonuses every every month because people don't pay people don't pay their um people don't pay their college loans anymore which is fine by me i'll get i'll get them on i'll get them taken care of okay there yeah month. there okay. you go I can I'll real bet us one for thirty bucks. I'll take that. Not too bad. Oh, the next one. A Bradford City FC one. Don't know anybody. That that one. Yeah. The, that one I don't want. know anybody for it. And it's see and I'm I'm big into the collared ones because I can wear collar shirts on work at work. So if they look like yeah. a polo shirt, I can get them. Mm-hmm. And I still have to get a new Boca jersey. Yeah, I only have two Boca things in my life, and I want the books coming out this year. So, the book yeah, is coming out. The, which is which is funny is that you all are going to get because I I have ordered a thousand of them, and they're like nice. oh, they're like you don't have to buy one for yourself. We're going to send you one. I'm like oh. Jackpot. <laughs> I'm like, jackpot. I'll take one for myself on this. So, yeah. we'll, we'll go. We'll, you did all the work. We'll, we'll, you should get one for free. Oh, yeah. I would think. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I have a Raquel May and a Tevez Boca Jr. shirts and one that has no no name on it. So, uh, yeah. I, I want a Raquel Me one in the worst way. I mean, other than maybe Martin Palermo, when you think, especially modern Boca, uh, yeah. Raquel May is the man. So, you know, him or Martin Palermo. So, uh, but yeah, I like Raquel. I didn't really like Martin Palermo, but um, I, I get the shirt. So, I mean, he was good. Maybe because I never wanted them to win back when I first, because when I first started watching Argentine soccer, they were always good. So I was kind of go for the underdog and, yeah. uh, but yeah, no, uh, they're, you know, they are, they are the team, even though they got their appeal 
to the CAS for uh, yeah. getting Rivers uh, a couple of Vizidori's, uh title overturned. Uh, they didn't do that. So I, I didn't think that they would overturn the victory. Uh, you know, so. If they yeah, would have done that, they would have had to have done it when it happened, when that when the bus got attacked. They, if, if they were going to uh, call the the Libertadores, they should have done it right then. I mean, I still don't think they should have went to Spain to do it, but you know, okay. Uh, I thought they, I thought the Libertadores, they could have moved it out of out of Argentina, but I thought it should have stayed in South America personally. But that's me. I know they they probably had a good crowd in Spain, uh, but you know, exactly. It's like if, it's like if there's crowd trouble at a Barcelona Liverpool like Champions League final, and they decide to move it to you know. Uh, you know, Yankee St- not Yankee Stadium, God forbid. Uh, uh, they would have crowd trouble there too. Um, but you know, maybe like uh, Mercedes Benz, you know, uh, and it would be, it would sell. I'm sure if you had, it would be a, a packed house. But you know, come on, you got to have the Champions League final in Europe. You got to have the Libertadores final in South America. So yeah, ex- you know, exactly. At least for me. Exactly. So I mean that 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 and um G- Gabrielle was talking about the CAS on his last pod, so it was it was kind of fun to have it. Well, anyway, I know at least Carter Krishnar from World Soccer Talks is going to call in. I don't know if um Neil Blackman's going to call in at the same time, but either way, <laughs> I want to I want to do be a round some, table. There you go. Yeah, round table on U.S. National Team table. round table. Yeah, exactly. Well, big round table because I think those two live close to each other, and you're on the other side of the. You're on the other side, yeah. which wow. people find people find funny that you and I are doing this cross. Across, a, they're like, "Oh, so can you come in? Can you and your co-host come in?" I'm like, "Yeah, you need to um, provide them airfare." Wait, wait. Yeah. Well, I'm like, "Yeah, he's in Seattle." Where do they want? Where do they want me to come into? They're you like know. I had so, I had someone local that wanted me to do some stuff, and it was oh. at a time when my mind wasn't really into doing this full time. And it was, yeah. he's like, "Well, we can get both." I'm like, "Hey, you're gonna have to get a, you're gonna have to get an ISDN line for me to get Duffy because he's in Seattle." So I mean, we get all that's always negotiable, but yeah, I, I definitely need some subsidy if I'm gonna fly out or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because we're we're not all as lucky as Donnie and can fly all over the place. So yeah. anyway, but we're gonna unless we get sponsored by like a charter charter service, yeah. and that could just be oh. one of the perks to fly us around if we need to be flown. Uh, we'll oh, see if we can work on that. Any any charter uh, services would need uh, want to sponsor away days or sponsor the yellow card along with away days, and we'll uh, fly at the charter wearing our away day shirts. So yeah, you know, exactly. wearing mine right yeah. now. I wore I wore my Danish one I had gotten through from from Martin recently, and I was gonna do another couple of yeah. orders because I'm like I, I got as I'm getting enough of bonuses recently to do that, so I'm looking at going oh yeah. should do another one, but then I'm looking through my jerseys that I have hung up. I don't have all of them hung up because I don't have um. I don't have my MLS ones because they're all kind of falling apart. 
And I, yeah. I had, I had to pitch a couple. I had to pitch my Dortmund and my um, Bayern ones because they were just. I mean, I've had them for fuck, six, six years at that point, and I. Yeah. The the crew one kind of is, but and I don't hang my I don't hang my um, River Plata one because well yeah let's just say I can't it's a comfortable jersey <laughs> it's a comfortable yeah, that but anyway um I was gonna get I was gonna I was gonna wait until I was gonna wait until Cardiff got on got on to do this but um. Duffy knows I've been kicking around a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth book for a while. Um, Cardick and I have come to an idea for what the next one's going to be. And I'm going to throw this out to everybody because Duffy's had a lot of hands-on on on the Boca book. Because he's he's actually in the back of the book. I'm going to do an episode. Local boy made good. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I I had to put you guys in there. I told I told uh, Mark Stone that he goes, dang it, he goes, dang it. Now I gotta buy something with blue on it. And this was before oh, I made him funny. pick the title of the book. So he's gonna cut. He's gonna come around going, oh man, now nah, I'm this. But anyway, I'm gonna do a North American Soccer League book. Oh, that'd be cool. There you go. So what I'm gonna need is I'm gonna need help from people because this one's gonna be better than the Boca book is. Duffy's read the Boca book completely through at least once. So, um, I'm going to do the complete history of the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Yeah. I figure there's enough out about Seattle. There's mm-hmm. a oh, Portland there one. There, I think, is a Tampa Bay Rowdies one. I think I've seen it out there. And there's what five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Cosmos ones? Yeah, I mean Adrian Webster, former Sounders, written I think four Sounders books from that era. Yeah. I mean because he does a lot of that goes for uh, cancer research, all the profits. So it's kind of one of his philanthropic uh, ventures. So yeah, there's there's the NASL Sounders been pretty well covered in in print. So. So, with that being said, guys, outside of getting a hold of some of the old strikers, because I've got Thomas, I can get to Thomas Ron. This is going to be better because I know what you have to put out for a book. I know what you have to do, and I know how highly you have, how much you have to make it. Now, the also thing I have in my back pocket is Cardick used to work for them. Yeah, and Cardick oh, he'd lives. Be a, he'd in, be a resource, all right. Yeah, Cardick lives in the area, so it's not like I can't get. But I want to want people to, hey, I see this. Hey, I've seen that. If you find something, send it to me. You'll get credited. You'll get credited in the book. You'll be part. You'll be part of it. I don't know if I want to crowdfund it yet. I kind of like. The ones that I've seen that are crowdfunding them, like the one that the guy is doing for Venezuela, for the Venezuelan soccer, I love that idea. I don't know if I can pull it all off. So I'm going to start doing research on it. Now, I do, as Duffy knows, know enough about the old leak that I can get away with it. And 
I mean, I'm wearing a Strikers jersey anyway, so it's mm-hmm. so it's yeah. it's at that. But if you guys know anybody or have seen anything out there, send it to me. This is yeah. going to be awesome. Now, I, I am also up, running up against the fact that there's a lot of former players that are dead. I mean, Gordon Banks is gone. Yeah. George Best is gone. Ron Newman's gone. Court Vanderhart is gone. And I think there's a couple more on that team that are gone. So mm-hmm. there's going to be some There's going to be some problems. And um, Gerd Mueller will be gone within the next year or so. Yeah. If that, and he doesn't have his memory anymore because he's got um, Alzheimer's. So that's. You think about it. That was over. That was like forty years ago when the NASL went went under. What was it? Eighty? Not quite. It was like eighty three. I think was the last season. 82. Yeah, eighty three, eighty four. I think was that. That's yeah, about it. So and you know, so thirty six years ago. Wow, it didn't seem that long ago, but yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, I'm going to pose this to you, and then I'm going to pose this to them when they call, when they call in. We're a year-ish into Greg Burhalter, and I know the common, mm-hmm. I know the common theme is to burn everything, bash everything. Greg Burhalter is the worst because Jesse March is out there in Austria working miracles, and yeah. he. Nothing Burhalter can do is right, and nothing around U.S. soccer is right. And I'm not going to sit here and be an apologist for U.S. soccer. That's just not going to happen with me. Anybody's listened to me for any length of time, you know I don't do that. But I wanted to. I want. I hit a. I have an argument is saying that this discourse is a help in a way because we all know the the crap that gets talked about Argentina. The crap that gets mm-hmm. talked about Belgium. Heck, um, Holland has not been in the a bunch of tournaments recently. Yeah. And it's been ripped. German, well, Germany's mm-hmm. a set class. And the English have been mocking their team on and off since the 60s. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of this as a, as a growth period. Is that this is a definitely yeah. a show how soccer has made it. Is that we're angry all the time about it. We're expecting the best. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if we, uh, I mean, granted, I think we hit, uh, well, it is time for a, re- uh, a reset. You know, not so much, you know, you made your choice with the coach. I don't, I mean, we're right around the, we're on the eve of qualifying. So change now would be kind of silly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and at the way they, the U.S. soccer likes to go, on their hiring, if they let you decided that Burhalter wasn't the guy, it could be at the end of qualifying. Before, you know, we'll have another uh, intern or interim coach for a whole cycle because they can't get around to interviewing any candidates. I mean, if if my thing is if he was the guy they wanted, and I didn't have an issue with him, you know, because I thought he did well at Columbus. I figure, you know, he hasn't done badly. Yeah, granted, the teams might not be where they were. You know, uh, you know, at the height of Bob Bradley's, uh, you know, the 2010 uh, World Cup when Bob was coach, that was probably our apex, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. you know, right before, you're right before he left, you know, 
you know, I uh, and we're not that team anymore. I mean, that that was a, you know, for U.S. soccer, that was probably a golden age of players. You know, mm-hmm. Donovan Dempsey, Boca Negra, you know, Conrad. You know, a lot of guys maybe talent-wise weren't the you know didn't have the greatest collection of talent. You know, when you compare them to other countries, but uh, that work ethic and that play for each other that they've always had and they had it and they you know the sum is greater than the the uh than its parts kind of thing because they 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 could punch above their weight they they weren't going to win a lot of major tournaments but they did make the confederations cup final and did lead against brazil you know at half and they just couldn't hold it but you know so they had their moments they beat spain they they snapped spain's long winning streak you know, had two shots on goal, scored them both, and held on, you know. You know, but I think that group, you know, we haven't, this new group is not that group. They're not that good. Or they, they might have more talent, but they don't play as well together yet as that group did. And that, you know, those guys had no, people never gave them respect, and they earned it, and people have wanted to give this new group respect and they haven't earned it and then now nobody respects them say all right we gave you a shot you're not doing it and uh, you know i think we backtracked a little bit none of not very many of our players are in top leagues in europe not that that's necessarily bad i mean our best player of all time uh played for the galaxy you know and had his best european stint was you know the half season at everton so uh you know but we'll see, you know, if they don't make this World Cup or they look as bad as they looked this last one. Because I never felt comfortable at entire Hex. Uh, mm. uh, then, yeah, you definitely need to blow it up and start over. But I don't think we need to do that now because, um, you know, you've made your choice. Let Berhalter do it. He's trying to change the way they play, so that's always going to be a little bit of a challenge. They they don't look bad in the friendly. They look pretty good. I mean, granted, it was uh, it was uh, just a bunch of kids. And it was fun to watch. I mean, some of the young guys look good, so that's what we wanted to see. And that's what the January camp's for. It's just to see the the young guys get a run out, get a cap, see what they can do. You know, and that's the way Costa Rica approached it too. So, you know, I watched it. I don't know if a lot of people did. But they need to start selling those tickets at a reasonable price, so they won't have like two thousand people at at the stadium, you know. I don't know. But that that marketing part, that's a, that's an argument for another day. I don't know what U.S. soccer's thinking, so, you know. You got to lower those ticket prices for friendlies for the men. You know, the women maybe not because they're they're on fire. I mean, look at their qualifying for CONCAP. They're steamrolling everybody, you know. So, but the men, yeah, they're not steamrolling anybody. I don't know. I think I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. We made our choice. I want to, you know, let's see what he can do. You know, uh, the Gold Cup, yeah, it'd been nice to win, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, the qualifying's where he has to earn his money. So, you know, we make the World Cup. Yeah, there you go. We'll see. So. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's one of those things. I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad that. Um, we get to see these great players out there. I mean, I'm glad that we turned someone like Sanjino Dest to play for us. There's Gio uh, Reina out there at 
Yeah, we do have some really good young players in Europe. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at that stuff, and it's like, just you got to be kidding me. But (laughs) yeah, more more and more. You know, that I mean, it it was a coup to get him. I don't know how, you know, if he's going to be this, you know, second coming. But you think about it, you know, Holland, who's like you said, has mirrored USA in struggles. It seemed to put it together for that Nations League and actually played really well. And, uh, you know, you would have thought maybe they're turning a corner and maybe one of their, you know, Sergio would say, you know what, I'm an Ajax kid. I'm going to stay here and play for Holland. Uh, but he didn't, you know, he played for the U.S. And then this other kid, uh, the kid that scored, uh, uh, or whatever, scored the goal. I mean, he was another one. You know, everyone was thought of Jonathan Gonzalez. He's gonna he's gonna bail, uh, and now he made the switch. So, you know, or he made yeah. So who knows? And then you still got guys like McKen, you know, Wes McKinney, and uh, and and Gio Reyna. You know, he's looking pretty good, and Pulisic, of course. So, so we do have some young players. I mean, uh, a lot of them. You know, Dwayne Holmes at Dar- Darby County, or Lyndon Gooch at. Sunderland, granted he's in League One, but he's actually had a kind of a rebirth under Phil Parkinson. Is playing really well for Sunderland, so you know, give him a shot. You know, give anybody that you know you think can contribute a shot. You know, so yeah, exactly. You know, there's a kid for Aston Villa. That's an American, Indiana, something that was quite the mouthful. Uh, name so came out in the league cup so so they do have we do have some players some abroad but yeah. now I'm not what I like Villa is ahead. a surprise that they're not bigger here in the United States than they should be because you I mean you see these pockets of support for random teams yeah. around here and you would think that Villa would be one of them. I get Sheffield Wednesday with John Harks. I get the the expats coming over and being Nottingham Forest fans. I can see Middlesbrough to a point because of the early 2000s with Bobby Robeson and that whole team. Yeah. But wouldn't you think enough people that have come over, especially with the old North American Soccer League, that there would be more Aston Villa fans here? It's funny you say that when we, I remember we were going to a game, me and my kid, and we walked into our, one of our pre-funk bars, uh, you know, to get some breakfast because it was a day game, and Villa was playing in there, and it just happened to be the Aston Villa bar in uh, in Seattle. So uh, we walk in, and Jared was wearing the Villa hat I bought him when I was in England, and the guy's like, hey, but, you know, but yeah, you know, and they were still in the championship, so. So people, you know, that faded. So there is pockets, but, um, you know, they do have a lot of, if you look at their their uh, match day program, they do list all their foreign outposts, you know. So they they do have a few, but I don't know how, how vocal they are. You know. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, they, uh, they, they stay in the Premier League. I'm sure they'll just get louder, you know. Uh, I'm surprised there's not more Leeds fans, especially since uh, Amazon had the uh, old Leeds, uh, you know, Take Me Home, Leeds United. I just watched that one again. So, uh, oh, hell. You know, 
the North American meetup for Aston Villa is in Toronto. No, oh, there you go. Okay, that that makes it. That makes it. I'm just I'm just randomly thinking here, so it just well, it's just one of those. It. Oh. I mean, they are former European champions, so yes. you know, uh, they aren't. They they're you know since the Randy Lerner debacle, you know they they and they fell on some hard times, but they were a, they still are a massive club. So they just need to you know, kind of recapture some of their glory. I mean, I mean, the Midlands is pretty underserved. Um, you know, they are, well, Birmingham and them, but they are the king of the Midlands, unless you, you know, actually right now I'd say the king of the Midlands would be Wolves, but, uh, you know, you do have that West Brom and Wolves and Birmingham City and Villa, you know, the four uh, Premier League or recent, at least, Premier League, at least in the last Ten, 10 or so years have been in the Premier League. Birmingham has been a, the one that's been the most outlier. But they were in the Premier League for a while. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think right now, uh, and it looks like uh, three of the four might just be back in the league next year. I mean, if Villa stays up and Wolves isn't going down, uh, but West oh, Brom God, right now they're second, good. you know, West Brom could be back in the Premier League. So, you know, that'll be a uh, the Midlands will be quite well represented if that happens. So, yeah, and, and exactly. my, my my family, my family's ancestry is all. You know, my mother was from the, the Midlands. So, yeah, I got a soft spot for the Midlands. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's England, so they're you know get the head. It's not like uh, there's a lot of. Uh, uh, it's not like London where there's a lot of cool things to see. I mean, my, uh, I was only in Birmingham to go to the game and to fly in and out. So, uh, most of the time we, uh, I was either leaving Birmingham or, you know, going to watch the game. So, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time in Birmingham other than that. Exactly. So but, it's that, I mean, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't want to go, you wouldn't want to go, and you wouldn't want to go anywhere and not see. Ah, I think that is the great man down in in Florida that we talk to every year. Ah, sweet. Hello, good hello, guys. Good hey, how you doing? Afternoon. Love that introduction. Um, <laughs> and I, I should say that when I go to London. Uh, when I go to Birmingham or or or, uh, or Leeds, going to a football match is the only thing there. Although Leeds is pretty close to York, which is a really cool town, really cool historic town, going back to Roman times. But when I'm in London, I, there's so much to do. I don't want to go to a football match. So it's the exact opposite of being in in Brom or being in in the middle, in, you know, yeah. anywhere in the Midlands, really. Um, yeah. So I can totally relate to that conversation you guys were having. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was in London, I just kind of wandered around. For, I was there for a couple of days, you know, and I just kind of wandered around. Uh, and, you know, I did go check out Loftus Road. That was the one thing. I'm going to go walk to Loftus Road. It's like, what's it like? That's just like a uh, five-mile walk. Ah, that's okay. I don't mind. Uh, yeah, know, Shepherd's so. Bush is actually a cool cool little neighborhood, too. So Loftus it was. is right in that neighborhood. So, and it's walkable. It's even walkable, like, if you – if you take the tube to like Hyde Park or that area, 
Victoria Station, yeah. you can walk to, to Loftus Road from there if you've got your, your boots on and it's not, it's not raining too yeah. hard. I mean, I I, uh, I was near Paddington Station when I when I was there. My uh, my cousin oh, owns a flat in uh, in Cleveland Square. So and I just I just Google I just put it on my map quest on my phone and said I'm the, the the directions they gave me. I'm like, am I walking through somebody's yard? Because there's like a, you know, if you know London, there's like a sidewalk just between two like like flats, but it's like narrow. It's just like right through the wall, like you're walking through somebody's apartment complex, like, is this a, a public walk uh, path, or am I just cutting through somebody's yard? No, it seemed to be everybody was doing it, so, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. You know, London was awesome. I was there last year at this time, so I've been kind of reminiscing. <laughs> so. And I'm going this year, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, the- Steven, enjoy it. I love, I love food. Well, part of part of the reason I was going to have you come on is that you know this because you and I have talked. You and I have talked about this behind the, in an email, but I wanted to I wanted to um, put this more into more into queue. How long have you and I known each other online, Cardick? Oh, I uh, 2010, 2011, maybe. So, 2012, so we're going on a while. Yeah. So, yeah. how long do you think you and I have been talking about the strikers and history with that? Since the very beginning. So, I, I think it was 2011, actually, because I think it was when yeah. we got brought the strikers back and you launched this pod, or a little bit before you launched this pod, that we got in touch. Yeah. So, th- that's what's funny is, here's what I'm talking about this, um, Duffy, is that Cardick and I have been r- rolling the reels around with doing it um Stryker's book since he worked with him. Since he, I mean, literally since he's worked with him. I have, and how I find his email is it just that. So when I said earlier this pod that the um, announcement is, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the Stryker's book. I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna do this one, and get it over with yeah. finally. So. Hopefully in the next year or so, with Cardick's help, we're gonna get we're gonna get the th- we're gonna get a, we're gonna get one out and done through one of the publishers in England on this one. Yeah, they'd probably be more interested in the book and understand it a little more than most American publishers. I mean, it's it's uh, it's difficult to uh, to get books about uh, soccer football as we call it soccer football clubs mm-hmm. written uh, and published in the US. It has to be something broad about MLF or uh, the national yeah. team. Um, I mean I love Caitlin Murray's work on uh on uh um the US women's national team but and I know Caitlin uh, think very highly of her but I bet if she's written a book about uh the Chicago Red Stars no one would have published it. Yet you go to England, they have a they I, I think there's almost a, a, an industry for club histories in England. So yeah. I know Gary mm-hmm. James from Manchester has written a number of books about Manchester City and then now about the FA Cup and now has gotten into kind of writing about, well, Burry is now wound up, but um, uh, Bolton, the other clubs in uh, Rochdale, uh, Oldham, the other clubs in Greater Manchester. So there's an industry for that. I know there are writers who focus on just on Leeds United history and on uh, – the history of Liverpool, obviously, and everything. Yeah. So there's there's a real industry for that. 
uh, in the UK. And I think the striker is particularly, uh, Stephen, because you've got, starting with Gordon Banks, uh, a succession of really successful English players, Tony Wheeling, mm-hmm. uh, Ken Fogarty, uh, obviously uh, Ray Hudson, um, George Best, George yeah. Best. I mean, there was uh, Brian Kidd, City of Manchester City. Um, you have this uh, David Irving, also uh, um, Ron Newman as the coach. There, there, there's, there is some fascination with, with the strikers in England. In fact, to the point where when I go to continental Europe, I have to tell people I'm from Miami. They've never heard of Fort Lauderdale, right? And you know, we're 20 miles away, so what, what, what difference does it make? You go to England, you can tell people you're from Fort Lauderdale. They know exactly where it is. Yeah. Um, that's largely because of the strikers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because I'm going to do it and I'm going to hunker down with a bunch of you guys and we're going to get the we're going to get this out completely in the next 2 years. But the other reason Kardik why I wanted to have you on is I touched it briefly with um Duffy, but I want to bring you in on it is that I I see this online problem and I know you used to speak to it a lot online of the hatred and the just hitting at USA soccer. Now I'm not an apologist, but I kind of view this as the next step in US soccer getting better around the world is that we're expecting better. It's not, oh well, we don't care anymore, is that we expect it. You take out that the idiot crowd and you just you hear what some of these people are saying. It sounds very familiar to the other countries we're at. We're we're listening yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a more mature conversation happening happening around the national team. I think there's um, the cheerleading is gone from 10, 15 years ago. Now, of course, the national team is better 10, 15 years ago than it is now, too. That's part of it. Yeah. I think there's more perspective, uh, Stephen and Duffy, because what we see now are people watching the Premier League every weekend. They're watching the Bundesliga. They're watching the uh, they're watching Serie A. Yeah. They've gotten to see the Euros and World Cups and uh, Copa Americas, and they know what good football looks like, and what the U.S. is producing is not good football. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. as recently as 2009, I did a podcast with Richard Farley and Jamie Trecker after the U.S. had scraped by Trinidad and Tobago. Um, in Port of Spain, uh, 1-0, and had struggled in another qualifier directly before that. Now, it turns out the U.S. won the heck that time. I was under Bob Bradley. But I remember we mm-hmm. recorded a podcast where we were critiquing the play for the United States, and we got all kinds of nasty hate mail about how can you criticize them? They won. Uh, aren't you behind our national team? Uh, what, what do you want? And, uh, you know, England would like to be in our shoes, winning their World Cup qualifying group, and all of this sort of regurgitated nonsense that was being um, generated by the small uh, group of apologists around the Federation and around Major League Soccer at the time. And um, it, it was incredible to the point where I remember a couple of people saying, you, you guys need to publicly apologize in your next podcast uh, to the Federation for criticizing them like this and critiquing player, uh, player performances after a victory. I mean, it was crazy. Um, yeah. And, of course, that, had come, that came months after we had gone to the Confederations Cup final, and it seemed like the program was on a high. And then 
mm-hmm. you know, after that in qualifying, we were really kind of, we kept getting through, right? We fell behind out Honduras uh, at Soldier Field. We fell, fell behind out Salvador at home. Uh, this Trinidad game in Port of Spain, we scraped through. Um, we were barely winning games, and then Charlie Davies had his car accident, and we were never to recover. But it was weird. If we had done that eight years later during the hex uh, leading into 2018, I think there would have been a different reaction. Mm-hmm. People would have been like, yeah, you're right. This team's not – that wasn't a good enough performance. When we play Mexico or Costa Rica, we're going to get beat. But um, in yeah. 2009, people were very if, – if you said something negative, they, they, they took it very personally. I mean, to the point where um, – during that Confederations Cup, we had a really bad performance against Brazil in the group stage, and we ended up playing them again mm-hmm. in the final and losing, right? Blowing a two-goal lead. But um, yeah. I remember after that, um, there was this. There were people attacking us. Um, you know, particularly uh, Brian Zygo, who was a writer at the time in Houston, myself, uh, Richard, who I mentioned, Farley, one or two others, for uh, for. Uh, betraying, like this was a military campaign, betraying our the, the guys representing our country, fighting for our country yeah. when they're in battle. <laughs> it was crazy. But now now I think uh, guys, things have gotten a lot better in terms of we're able mm-hmm. to critique them and, and people listen. Yeah, we needed help to get out of the group and at the Confederations Cup, too. I mean, we had some divine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we That's had it. to win yeah. 3 nothing, and the other team had to lose 3 nothing. and by the grace of God, yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah. And then we, once we kind of got that gift, I think they just ran with it, you know. And, you know, and that's, that's always been the, you know, we always had those moments where we could punch above our weight, you know, like against Spain when we, we scored. Like I said, we had two shots on goal. We scored them both. And Tim Howard had one of those vintage Tim Howard and the whole yeah. back line. I mean, they were they were defending like their life. They were going to get shot if we gave up a goal. And they did. Jonathan Spector never played a game like that again in his life. All right. Never. Like Not for club or country. <laughs> right, I know. That's right. right. He, you know. Um, you know, it was crazy because Altidore just went to Spain. You know, he had just been sold to Spain, and then he had scored that goal. Uh, and, you know, uh, then they had, you know, I can't remember what, but I think it was Sergio Ramos, and he kind of had a miscue, and it fell right to Dempsey, and bam, he scored. We're up 2 yep. nothing, and we win the game. Because I remember we'd scored early, because I was at work. So I didn't get, I was only getting to watch it, you know, bits and pieces, and all I was hearing, you know, was us under constant siege, yet Spain couldn't score. And you know, it was Spain. They hadn't lost in so many matches. Like, it's just a matter of time before the floodgates opened. And then they never did. Right. And then we we had that lead going into half against Brazil. And you're thinking, I'm thinking to myself, we can just make it to the to that 60 minutes. Uh, at 2-0, I think we can win it. You know, And then they could. And once they gave up that, that goal and Brazil got the, you know, they could smell the blood in the water. Uh, they're going to win, but, you know, it was yeah, still a good performance cool. right in that final. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's was, right, because I, I had to leave because I had a game. I had to go watch the, the Sounders play, so I said, well, I'll just watch it later, yeah. and I did. Yeah, I, I, just, I think, yeah. if I recall correctly, they did, uh, because there was some controversy about that, about Seattle having a game at the same time. They threw the yeah. uh, they threw the U.S. game on the big screen at Quest, right? Or they did. Why, uh, they did. Like that, but Quest yeah. Then. yeah. 
so they did until the I, game I, started, and then they replayed it after, so you could stay and watch it. They 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 stopped when the game started, and then if you stayed, they didn't give the score out. They replayed it. They played the end, so you could watch it because we did. So, yeah. But then, yeah, was, I remember um, now. It was pretty stunning because we thought we we, we were in, they're going to score before halftime. If we get to halftime, we'll probably get to the 60th minute, two 0 and they scored right out of halftime. They scored scored right off the, the second half kickoff. And um, I can't remember yeah, when the second right. goal. They actually had a per- Brazil actually had a good goal disallowed too. It could it could have been four two. Um, yeah. But I think once they got the goal, we were shell shocked. We and then we we uh, defended deeper and deeper in the second half, and it mm. picked us apart. And, and part of it was yeah. fit Kata. He was never fit. So let's think about this but for an extended period of time. A fit Kata. Fidelano, um, they were playing mm-hmm. the kind of football we thought they would play the next year in the World Cup, and then the next year in the World Cup they were just uh, a dud, and then the Dutch, you know, the Dutch yeah. knocked them out, and we kind of dominated that game when they knocked them out. But yeah, I mean, for forty-five minutes, it might have been the best soccer USA ever played. So you know. yeah, other than you know, it's funny the two thousand and two, you know, uh, against Germany, the game they lost. That was one of the few times I'd ever seen them actually take it to to somebody like Germany because they had Germany on the on their heels, you know. And you really yeah, could uh, appreciate how good Oliver Kahn was because you know he kept stoning you know Donovan and he, yeah. you know they had all these chances and then they had the handball that Hugh Dallas didn't call still bugs me to this day because I was having a fit watching that game because we 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 were the better team on that day so you know. Yeah, and Ballas, you know, it was Michael Ballack. Against the one to play, and then the, the Franks handball. The, 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 the other game, there were two other games where we were really good, uh, both mm-hmm. in 1999 and both against Germany. I was at one of the games, which was uh, in Jacksonville. It was a friendly. We took it to them. We scored three goals in the first 20 minutes. Uh, it was Claudio Arena, um, Tony Sane. I want to say Johan Karofsky. I think, yeah. yeah. I think it was Karofsky, right? The other goal. But we and they were all playing in Germany at the time. We uh, mm-hmm. and then we in the Confederations Cup that summer, we took it to Germany. It's funny there was some comfort level with us playing against Germany because I think in those days, the pre uh, uh, Das reboot days, Germany played. Um, Germany didn't come out and attack you, right? They were built right. defensively. So we had a little more comfort, even in the '98 World Cup, which was the disastrous World Cup. There was a large mm-hmm. stretch of the game against Germany, the first group match where we play. I was yeah. watching that match at a sports bar in Orlando with a bunch of people, uh, and there were people that were genuinely shocked. You know, foreigners, tourists, genuinely shocked how well we were playing. Um, yeah. for large portions of that match. Well, and also I think a lot um, of it. You know, a lot of our pros had played in Germany. You know, Sané played in Germany. Yeah. You know, Reina played in Germany. So I don't. I think there's a familiarity just with the guys from Germany. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Karofsky you know, because that was here. the league. Yeah, that's right. Karofsky played at Dortmund. Right, that was the league where Americans. Yeah, because I think he, he he didn't get a work permit to play in England because he was a Man United Academy kid, and so he ended up yeah. in Dortmund. So, and playing yeah, the they Champions League. To, yeah, and they, they, he played on a team that won the Champions League. Yeah. Um, so. That was the year that um, that under uh, uh, under. Um, uh, uh, Blanking out on Hitzfeld, 
that uh, before his spell left and went to Bayern Munich and won the Champions League also with Bayern Munich. Um, he won it at Borussia Dortmund and then Munich, as they always do, poached uh, they poached players and they poached coaches, right, from the other teams in Germany. But, but yeah, the Bundesliga, Germany's uh, Bayern Munich Youth Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they constant, that's what they do is they always poach players. It was why it's great to see Dortmund sell some of these guys um, out of Germany. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the Dortmund being able to sell uh, Ilkay Gundogan and Christian Pulisic and and, uh, and Shaheen and, and, and Kagawa, uh, even yeah. and Aubameyang, it all worked out. Uh, I think what happened at the end of Jurgen Klopp's tenure, he was curious about the way the thing had gone down with Mario Goethe. Um, and that happened right before they played in the Champions League final. And that was a typical Bayern Munich move, right? They've done, done that for years. They just take the best uh, young German player from their, their biggest rivals. They did it the next year with Lewandowski, but what happened was Klopp was not willing to sell Lewandowski to uh, Bayern. So Lewandowski had to wind down his contract. Um, turned out Dortmund you know, lost out on 30, 40 million that they would have gotten in a transfer fee at least for Lewandowski. But Klopp had proven his point. You know, we're not selling to them. But everybody else yeah. still sells to them. So um, I'm just waiting for Timo Werner now when they're going to come after him because uh, Leipzig's been able to hold on to him a little longer than you would think. Yeah, because Hagelin, no, I mean, we expected him to be good because you, you, yeah. you don't do what he did early and not turn out. But, I mean, go, going getting ridiculous with that. I And that's what's fun with it. It circles us back around is that Gio, is that Gio um, Reina goal. I mean, I know that was not for a win, but still you have that in this new cycle of c- – Things circling around, for, even though we say, "Oh, it will die out." Things don't die out, but that that goal out there was is was fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, it was very good. It was, uh, and, and I, we've had a lot of young American players announce themselves on the scene um, in uh, in in the last, in, you know, throughout our our, 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 our lifetime. And some of them, you know, we mm-hmm. mentioned Jonathan Spector a little while ago and that Confederation stuff. Um, I remember yeah. first seeing them in a in a uh, charity shield match for Manchester United, uh, and he and Tim Howard both played. It was one of the only times you've seen two Americans play uh, at, a, at a club at that level. And thinking, this guy's going to be really good. And then it petered out. And I remember seeing uh, Brian Arguez go to Hertha Berlin and play 45 minutes. That's right. And then never played. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, then he was these... in the USL. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I, I, I don't, I'm, we talked about the strikers. He played for the strikers. Uh, both times I worked for the Strikers, he was there. Um, and then the Miami FC also for a little bit. So there, was, th- 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 there have been these, these uh, false starts with guys. Remember Danny Satella at, at Brescia and then uh, uh, Preston Zimmerman when he was in Hamburg. And, and then actually one really famous one, even though he had a great MLS career, as it turns out, but just never got to the level we thought he would, was Benny Feilhaber. I saw him. Yeah. Actually, my colleague Chris Barrett saw him in person. At a Champions League match at the Emirates for Hamburg, the year the Emirates opened, they just moved from Highbury and thought, my gosh, mm-hmm. how, how is this American kid so good? And then they all just kind of um, peter away, which is the fear we have with um, guys like Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams and, and, and Christian Pulisic. Gio Reyna, I guess, will be – we have more confidence in because of who his dad is. Um, yeah. 
And I just think that um, there's something comfortable about Dortmund. Like, Dort- Dortmund has produced, you know, we can go through the list. Pulisic, obviously, is an American, but they produce Kagawa. They produce Shahi. Mm-hmm. They produce Gundawan. They produce all these guys that they moved on. Marco Royce. Mario Goetze, before he went to, uh, um, before he went to uh, uh, Bayern, uh, they, they, well, Royce came from Gladbach, but he's from Dortmund originally. Matt Tumel, before he went to Bayern, now he's come back. Um, uh, Subodis, who, of course, grew up here in the U.S., grew up here in Florida. That's right. They're all these young, they, yeah, they're all these young players they've done well with. And now, of course, Jaden Sancho and, uh, and Holland. I mean, they might have their two best of the whole list we've named right now with those two guys. Um, yeah. Sancho is sickeningly good. And um, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how impressed I am by him. Because at, at first, guys, I thought he was a one-trick pony when he went there from Man City. You know, he, he was fast. He had, like, one step-over move where he could beat guys off the dribble when he was in a wide area. Now he developed a whole range of, you know, being able to, 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 to make diagonal runs, cut inside, you know, play uh, with his back to goal. He, he's just become such a phenomenal player. And then you pair him with, uh, when Royce is fit, that's always the question. You pair him with Royce and you pair him with Holland. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dortmund might win this title. I, I, I think Bayern is going to get a run now. From uh, And obviously Leipzig and Godbach are right there. But I, I have a feeling Dortmund can win this. Oh, yeah, that's, so. a, that's the one thing I like about the Bundesliga. I mean, granted, it's been a little top-heavy lately, but of all the European leagues, that seems to have more uh, competitors for the title. You know, yeah, because usually Spain, yeah. it's always going to be Barca, Real, Atletico, maybe. You know, uh, yeah, it's you know, France, it's PSG and PSG. You know, England lately is. I mean, Liverpool, I think they could lose the rest of their games, and they still might win it. Do they? Oh, know, they no, 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 Even though the title let's, changes hands, let's not the get problem into, in England let's... now is that the, the teams that are at the very top are not dropping many points, whereas even no. in Germany, when Bayern always wins the title, they get beat a lot. They, they, they are getting yeah. less points per game, and the, and the top four changes constantly in Germany. I, I think – the Bundesliga is the most competitive top league in the world. That's oh, my yeah. opinion. I agree. I, I think part of it has to do with the ownership structures of the clubs, which I, I wish we had an ownership structure like that in this country with our clubs, but we have something completely different in this in MLS. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe the CBA will give us some hope, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you, but, though. No, I think, I, you I guys think don't want to be putting that out there because we remember what happened in Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that one. Newcastle choked that one. Choked that one. And it's probably not the last one that that's happened to me. Still, that kind of scared me. I'm going, uh-uh. Well, you, you've got to put this one so far out of reach that can win it. And technically, technically, Liverpool can do it like the first week of March against Everton. Yeah. They can get it that early. I say, screw it. Get it. If you, take the titles, if you take the titles out of it and you just look at the run Liverpool's been on for two years, I mean, it is an amazing run, you know, which is crazy that, you know, that last year's title race in the Premier League was one for the ages. I mean, it was, what was it, one point? I mean, God, that was, you know. And Liverpool just 
didn't miss a beat. They just kept on. I mean, it's it's easier to chase sometimes than to be the chased. Uh, so I mean, they yeah. they definitely went into this this season like we are going to win this title, and that's all there is to it. And you know, I mean, I granted they they played the kids in the FA Cup, but they still got the win. I mean, granted it was an own goal by, Shrews, by Shrewsbury, but you know. They still got the win, and it's great to see the see the young kids get a shot. And I'm hoping uh, – I know it's going to – and I love the FA Cup, don't get me wrong. Uh, but people are probably going to be mad because they play, uh, you know, kind of, kind of some of the kids all the way up because it's been kind of like when Arsenal had played their – like a second team in their League Cup, and they did it all the way to the final, and they played Chelsea, yes, and Chelsea put the their first team out. And Arsenal said, you know, and then Banger, which I, I actually applauded that move because, you know, this, this group deserves to play in this final because they got us there, so it's their final. And they, they played well. They lost. But, you know, I thought it was it was good that he said, these are the guys that got us here, so they're good. we're going to let them take it, you know. Because I remember when the Sounders made the FA Cup, or the FA Cup, the, the Open Cup, and and Nate Jaco had been their their big gun through the whole run, and then they get to the final, and Ziggy uh, puts plays Kufo in instead of Jaco for the final. And I mean, we won, but you could tell Jaco was pissed. You know, and I talked to him last year at the uh, the anniversary party because it was uh, you know it was like the uh, it was one of those bring back all the it was the ten year anniversary bring back all the guys. And I asked Nate, you know, he gave that medal away. Someone in the crowd, he just gave the medal to somebody in the crowd and he said, you know, I go, man, Nate, I was pissed that you uh, you got benched for the final. He goes, yeah, so was I. And it's still, you know, all these years later, he was still pissed about it. Because he earned it. He was a player of the tournament, yet he didn't get a start in the final, which I thought was, was a bad deal. But, um, you know, I think part of the USA's problem you know, you think about our national team now. We got some old guys that have been really good, and we have some really good young guys. But that those two quali- cycles where we didn't qualify for the Olympics really shows. You know, because we have no guys in that in that age group that are major players for the national team. None of them. We're either really old or really young. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That that Duffy. I think that's the most telling thing is that we have. Um, in, 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 in Michael Bradley and Josie Altidore, maybe even mm-hmm. if you wanted to call Alejandro Bedoya back in, a couple of other guys, that age group, they they carried their weight, uh, truthfully. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the anger of the fans have fallen on Altidore and Bradley. I guess I understand it. I, I'm not sure. I, I, have not actually, I, I, I have a hard time comprehending it because the real issue was, as you said, those two cycles where we didn't qualify – we didn't get a single solid contributor out of the two cycles, no. with the exception of um, uh, uh, of DeAndre Yedlin, who was not on those teams, right? And came through the Sounders right. Academy, came through Crossfire first, uh, and then uh, Sounders. Uh, that, that's the one exception, and he's a right back, mm-hmm. right? So um, right. we had no contributors uh, in the midfield in particular, from that age group. And again, the one guy that we had that came through wasn't even the national team picture until um, he broke onto the scene. Well, you watched him uh, up there, straight yeah. onto the scene oh, yeah. uh, in 2015 as, 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 as a 16-year-old right back. So the guys that mm-hmm. had actually come through the national system 
um, and our residency program that has now been shuttered um, didn't produce. Um, period. Right. Yeah, and so so we have a, we have a young core. We have a group of players that are 23 and younger that are, are pretty good, and we have a group of players that are 31, 32 or older, which uh, um, which who are fading, but are still better than the guys that are five years younger than them. Michael Bradley is yeah. still better than the guys that are five years younger yeah. than him. Jersey Altidore is still, I, I mean, Jersey Altidore is still better than any striker we have. If you're really he is still about our best other, forward. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. um, it's painful to admit that, but that's, um, that, that, that goes back to um, us doing things wrong. And then I think also uh, guys just uh, continuing to bring the same players through the national system. And then we, we were able to, to patch over some cracks by calling in um, uh, Fabian Johnson, bringing him in, bringing Jermaine Jones in. Which, which actually yeah. Bob Bradley had intended to bring uh, Jermaine Jones in, and he got hurt. But he uh, he would have been in that 2010 World Cup if he hadn't gotten hurt. But we were papering yeah. over a lot of cracks with dual nationals that once um, those guys got to a certain age, we weren't able to paper over anymore. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, you know, and I remember when Bruce took over for Jurgen, and you know we had the Gold Cup, and he and it was. I'm thinking, okay, you know, we need to qualify. So I wanted to put in, and he brought in some some try some experimental players for the for the Gold Cup, and then he sent them all home. And then we played our regular guys, and we won the Gold Cup. But then he's like, I'm thinking, Bruce, I don't care. I love the Gold Cup. Don't get me wrong, but we have qualifying, which we struggled. We struggled through the whole hex. Yeah. You need to focus on the hex, and then let the young guys. Going the Gold Cup. That's what Mexico does. Sorry to cut you off, but the thing that's so frustrating is that Mexico no, is okay. in the Gold Cup. They fielded a B team. Yeah. Even Jamaica, who wasn't in, in, in the heck, uh, fielded basically a B team or an experimental squad. Turn it yeah. You know, they so did Costa Rica. Experimental squad. Everybody else yeah. knew what the priority was, which was to qualify for the World Cup. For some reason, Bruce seems to think winning the Gold Cup was paramount. It was, a, it was an yeah. absolute, and we never found out what we had in, in terms of other players. So he said, I, no. uh, uh, Arena has subsequently said, oh, well, you know, if we had qualified, the next set of friendlies, I was going to call Matt Mianska in, and I was going to call Weston McKinney in. Well, wasn't that what the yeah. Gold Cup was for? <laughs> yeah, because you don't learn anything in a friendly. I mean, that yeah. would have been a battle-tested tournament, you know. Those guys, it would have been a great opportunity for those guys, and uh, and maybe you find some gems that we could have used because our our qualifying team needed some fresh blood, and we didn't have it, and they, you know, they were they didn't have it, you know, in that Trinidad game, they just like oh we I think some of it will also we had that attitude like where the USA were going to qualify because even Alexi when we lose our first game he's like. It's no problem. We're going to qualify, and he never changed that mantra until it was, until nope. the end. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, Are you kidding me? We're not. We're in trouble here because you know no one wants to admit it, but you know if Major League Soccer has done anything, it has made Concacaf better uh, for the other countries. Yeah. Maybe not for us, but it's made Honduras better. It's made Costa Rica better. It's made you know Jamaica better. 
you know, Mexico didn't need it because they have Mexico, but it's made all these other countries yeah, yeah. better. Jamaica, Costa Rica, and Honduras. And actually, I would say Panama, the core of the Panamanian team, even though a lot of them that, were out of MLS by that time, that, qual- that finally qualified for a major tournament and has done so well in Gold Cup, got to a couple Gold Cup mm-hmm. finals. Um, and got cheated out of one, right, with that, uh, that, that, that fraud game against Mexico where uh, the official took it from them. Um, that, yeah. that, that core of that team played in MLS at some point. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, so I think MLS has made everybody in CONCACAF stronger. It's given them a professional, stable league to perform in. I would say to a certain extent USL has too because I know a lot of the Caribbean countries yeah. that have got better, like Curacao and like Haiti, have had – a core of players in NASL and USL that have helped them, uh, but but shooting, but it has not helped the U.S. at all. And I think part one of the problems is because of the business relationship between some and U.S. soccer. The, the federation is often deferring to MLS's business considerations rather than, you know, ruthlessly saying, okay, well we're a separate entity. We need to worry about the national team, and and yeah. and uh, that would include uh, calling guys into national team camps. Uh, not, not, not deferring to MLS coaches saying, well, this player is, this, this coach wants this player. They, that's happened all the time, Duffy, where yeah. um, we, we never have our full team together because uh, MLS plays through international breaks or it's just because their calendar is misaligned with, with the windows that, um, that we lose out on guys playing together in meaningful oh, tell games. Me about and then, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's happened. My all the team time. had seven guys uh, called up, you know, we played Colorado with, with no, but we had to call in USL guys on emergency uh, deals because we had seven players called up to various national teams because you know we we have yeah. a lot of internationals, so, you know, and that that's fine. That that's I don't mind that because I mean it, you know, but you know you want international players, they're going to get called up. So uh, right. yeah, I don't have an issue so much with the with the Berhalters of U.S. soccer. My issue with U.S. soccer is is at the top. You know, I think that. The, the federation needs a reboot. Maybe not the players, but the the way they manage the federation because they manage it. If it was another business, you know, if I ran, if I did my job the way they do their job, I would be fired. You know, and it's almost yeah. impossible to get fired for my job. You know, I hope none of my bosses are listening. But <laughs> <laughs> but if you go in and do your work, you're not going to get fired. That's just the way it goes. But you know. They uh, and apparently it is a horrible place to work. If you ever look at some of the the, the employees when they rate their company, uh, I can't remember what that website is called. I was checking out U.S. Soccer's and man, they're Blackstore, Blackstore, yeah, yeah, they were just roasted. I mean, it, you know, and they use the you know you're you you're working in pro sports, you know, you're. A, you're working for a, a, a soccer federation. They use that as a, their advantage to overwork and underpay their 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 people. You know, right? So that you should be somehow patriotic and loyal to them because you know it's for the yeah. cause, right? It's the cause. I mean, right? It was, on paper, it'd be a great. It'd be fun. It'd be a great job. You get a you get a travel or you get a, you get to be around the national team, but. You still want to make money. I mean, if you have to live in Chicago, I've never. You know, I'm sure Chicago is not a cheap city to live in. Oh so, God, no! You know. It's not even a cheap. It's <laughs> not even a cheap city to visit. Yeah. Oh, oh, so. oh, oh, it's a fun. It's, it's a fun place. Downtown. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, 
and and they're in the high kind of the high rent district uh, at Soccer House. I mean, they're a little bit kind of the beginning of the South Side, the end of downtown. But um, mm-hmm. where U.S. Soccer is, if if you want to live close to there, it's not cheap. And then the restaurants yeah. you would eat at there, it's not cheap. They um. They have been notoriously uh, fickle in terms of spending on this stuff historically. So um, I wasn't surprised, unfortunately, when I read those glass store reviews. I, I was uh, yeah. I was disappointed, but I wasn't surprised. Yeah. And, and um, I, I hope that was a wake up call for a lot of people because I think that was uh, very disturbing. A very very it was disturbing, but I think it was also uh, guys pretty stunning to a lot of people out there. They didn't even realize mm-hmm. quite how bad the situation was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's... Well, you know, Cardiff, this has been fun, like usual. So, let let's do that. Let's do this again next. Let's do this again. Let's do this again this summer when there's a little bit more to talk about and we're all happier with Geo <laughs> and Pulisic and all the fun we're gonna have this summer. Absolutely, it's gonna be a good when summer. Yeah, when we're in the middle of uh, uh, the tournaments, too, the Euros, the Copa America, and we, we get a sense of what's going on in MLS uh, and USL at that point. And, and obviously, I think uh, uh, I'll leave you with this, guys. Uh, I saw that Dan Valletta reported it before I did. Um, and uh, give him credit. But I, my sources are confirming that CBS is going to uh, is going to be nabbing the uh, NWSL rights. So that gives us another network that's covering soccer in this country and it's a big one, right? And CBS, yeah. I guess, I never really thought about it, but they do have huge programming holes in the summer because they're, 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 they're in between college basketball, um, the, uh, the NFL, uh, SEC football, which they're losing, by the way, probably to, mm-hmm. to uh, ESPN. And, um, and the golf, you know, it's on and off between them and NBC. So they will be showing some games over the air, I'm told, NWSL games, which is a huge breakthrough for that league. I mean, yeah. The league that couldn't even get on. Uh, I mean, couldn't couldn't even get on uh, regular ESPN, and, and uh, they had some good. They had a nice agreement with A and E, as I think you guys know, and they were on Lifetime for a yeah. few years. But that involved selling equity in the league. So in order to buy back that equity, they had to buy A and E out as a partner, and they lost that TV deal. So um, yeah. keep an eye on that space because we could have CBS covering the women's game in this country. Obviously, ESPN and Fox covering the men's game in this country and then NBC continue to cover uh, the Premier League. So um, uh, more, uh, more more networks covering soccer, especially big networks, it, it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Exactly. Well, well I, you and I will start, you and I will start talking about this, the Strikers book coming up in a, in a bit. But anyway, yeah. guys, this has been fun. We will talk next week. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. All right.